good evening. Welcome to Trinity Presbyterian Church and our evening worship service. It is so good to gather uh, together uh, to meet with God according to his promises in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this evening, uh, in addition to just our normal elements of worship, there will also be a, a season of thanksgiving uh, from God's uh, people. Uh, if you don't have a copy of the bulletin. I know some of us have the uh, the one-page inserts. We also, on the table out there, have a couple more of the full in case you need uh, announcements uh, and want to look at anything else about uh, the church. Uh, it is uh, good uh, to gather together and uh, fitting uh, to focus on thanksgiving, uh, an opportunity to focus on giving God glory for his gifts. Uh, and that indeed uh, we receive gifts with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving just meaning we're giving glory to him for good gifts. So we are uh, going to uh, hear uh, God uh, call us to his worship uh, use, uh, from Psalm 95, and then we will stand and sing together, Come, ye thankful people, uh, come. Uh, but uh, before I call us to worship, uh, please allow me to pray for us. Almighty Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have promised, according to your word, to meet with us. Lord, would you meet with us and give us the spirit that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Let us hear God call us to worship from Psalm 95. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Let us stand and sing 715, Come, ye thankful people, come.
Now for this evening's scripture reading uh, from the Hebrew scriptures, Isaiah 12, verses 3 to 6. Let us give attention to God's word. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Please join me in prayer. Almighty Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you, the God of all creation, maker of heaven and earth, and come to you as children come to their Father to say thank you and to ask for things. Father, we do ask for your mercy on your people and on all the earth. As we move into the Thanksgiving and Christmas season, we're aware of those who are in great need. Lord, for those in our congregation who are grieving the loss of loved ones or the loss of employment or the loss of health, the loss of hope, Lord, we ask for your deep comfort. Lord, we pray for the poor and the homeless for whom colder seasons can bring specific hardships but around here in Harrisburg. Lord, we pray for your practical mercies. Would you empower your churches and places like the Bethesda Mission and other Christian ministries to humbly and gladly reach out to the needy with words and works that bring life. Lord, for those throughout the world who suffer unspeakably. Lord, for your persecuted church who need to be filled with your power to endure suffering with joy. Lord, for those in war-torn places who need peace. For all those lost in sin who need a savior. We pray that you would be the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. We ask, Father, that all who walk in the darkness of sin and suffering would see a great light. Lord, we know that your people can be that city set on a hill, that your people can be that light to a dark world. Lord, and as they are, as we are, variously afflicted by the darkness ourselves, would our light shine brightly and would we be particularly characterized by a joyful thanksgiving. We pray this to your everlasting praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will continue our worship by standing again and singing together, We Gather Together, hymn 98. Nope. Hymn 363? 363, excuse me. 
you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18, page 1258 of your pew Bible. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Let me pray for us, and then we'll read God's word. Heavenly Father, we praise you for this evening, this opportunity to, to think about what it means to give thanks and to be the thankful people. And so, Lord, I pray that these words would penetrate each of our hearts. Lord, they wouldn't be my own, but be words that you're using to teach us, to open our eyes to the truth and what it means to know and serve you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You may be seated. So I brought a little object lesson tonight, start off. Growing up, I think my dad's hand was stuck in this position many times, just the remote of surfing through the channels and finding that channel that he wants. And just thinking of the remotes of life, would we be able to find a channel on Thanksgiving? That shows a thankful people, shows that we're thankful for what is going on in our lives. And so I thought, let's, let's look the remote of life. World events, war, terrorism, displaced people groups, capsized boats, more war, click. All right, family, the family channel. Penalty for protecting your family. No say in whether a baby lives or dies. Abortion is a right. Click. For sure, sports. Somebody from the U.S. National Women's Team, the last game of their career, they hear a pop. First couple minutes of the game, Achilles is ruptured. Basically say, See, this is evidence that there is not a God. Click. Movies and entertainment. Sex, violence, an LGBTQ prominent role in every movie and TV show. Click. Education. Parents no voice in what's being taught. Libraries banning certain people from reading books. Teachers teaching whatever they want to teach click. Shopping, click. Politics, click. Where's the channel? Where's the channel on thankfulness? And to have that thankful heart. The remote's broken. It's got to be broken. How many of us in the midst of difficult circumstances view life, view this world, thinking, I have nothing to be thankful for? There's nothing to give thanks about. So easy to see all these things happening around us, whether it's in our families, whether it's at school, work, in our community. As we think about politics and war that's happening through the world, it's easy to think there is nothing to be thankful for. And then oftentimes I think of in our circles, even in our Christian circles, what dominates a lot of times our conversation. It's talking about a lot of these topics of war 
and politics, ineffectiveness of education systems, physical infirmities, dysfunctional in our families. Not bad to talk about those things, right? But yet when that is what dominates our conversation, the negative things that we constantly talk about. And that happens inside and outside the church. There are things we can give thanks for, right? Even in all of those areas and all of those situations. And the answer is yes. Of course, we need to step back. We need to think about what do I have to be thankful and what is going on in my life and what is going on in the world. Several years ago on a youth retreat we led, it was, the theme was being thankful, thanksgiving. And so one of the very first activities we gave a sheet was numbered one to 100. And we said, write 100 things you're thankful for. Many of the students couldn't do it. They could get like five to 10 things and then they drew a blank. They didn't know what else to write down. If, if we had given the sheet of things that I don't like about my life, want to complain, they fill out whole sheets on that. And so as we went throughout that weekend, after studying the scriptures, after being challenged by the speaker and the truths of God's word, they realized I do have so much to be thankful for. They just needed to be reoriented through the scriptures and through people speaking those truths from the Bible into their lives that weekend. And by the end of the weekend, they're like, hey, I need more paper to write what I'm thankful for because we needed to hear God's word to encourage us and challenge us. And so tonight I want to challenge us just with a couple verses to encourage us to have that attitude of thanksgiving that it's not just in the holiday season, but an attitude that needs to permeate throughout our lives all the time. And so 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. So some of my favorite verses, because they're short, easy to memorize. Um, two verse, you know, two word verse, a three word verse, and you know, it's easy things to remember, right? So I'd encourage us to memorize verses like this that have so much packed into just a couple words. Now, a little bit of background as we think about these three verses is Thessalonica was known as a city that dealt with persecution. In Acts 17, Paul went in to preach the gospel. And the people hated his message, and they set the whole city into an uproar to where he had to be chased out of the city. And so living there as a Christian was not easy. They dealt with persecution continually. Persecution in their families, their jobs, their reputation. It cost them a lot to stand up for Christ. And so it would have been difficult to live as a believer in that city. And as a context we need to think of as we read these three verses, you know, they are within the context of a story. And so these three verses follow Paul's teaching also on the end times. And when you read about the end times, the unpleasantness of what we're going to have to deal with as followers of Jesus in those days. And these are verses that follow that teaching. So rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, imperatives, commands that are given to us as followers of Christ. So the first one, rejoice always. Not just when we feel like it, 
but our lives are to be characterized with rejoicing. Rejoicing means showing great joy, and it's expressed outwardly with words, with song. And so he says, rejoice always. Always means in all times, in good times, in challenging times, we are to have this attitude and action of rejoicing. And so the question for us is, how are we showing that great joy in our lives? Are we doing it at all times? Or is your life characterized by negativity, by constantly complaining? A question we need to think through. The second command there is pray without ceasing. Again, a life characterized by prayer this time. Is that your life? Are you a prayer warrior? on your knees continually talking to the Lord? Or are you hard-pressed to think of the last time you had a meaningful conversation with God in prayer? Now, does that mean we pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week? I mean, how many of you pray while you're sleeping? How many of you pray while you're sitting in the classroom, you know, listening to that lecture or that teacher, or sitting in that business meeting? Now, we may be praying, please, God, let this end. You know, end the torture. So maybe you are praying in those instances to end it, but there are times we're not praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but it's an attitude of prayer. Throughout the day, we are calling on the name of the Lord, and we're not stopping. It says, pray without ceasing. It's a lifestyle. It's an attitude you know, that we're to be living our lives in prayer. And then the third command, he says, give thanks in all circumstances, not just the ones we choose, not just the good times, but in all circumstances. It's easy to complain when things aren't going our way, when things aren't going according to plan, when we are going through extreme difficulties in life, in our families. And yet... We need to stop and say, Lord, what do I have to be thankful for? What can I thank you for in this situation? Because our lives are to be characterized as people who give thanks. Not just once a year, not just twice a year, but continually thanking God for what he's done. Is that you? Take a look at your actions. Take a look at your words. And see, are you a person whose life is characterized by thanksgiving? Then Paul, in these three things, adds a further punch by saying, this is God's will for you if you are in Christ Jesus. These are commands as Christians. So that means as followers of Jesus Christ, we are to rejoice always. We are to pray without ceasing. We are to give thanks in all circumstances. That's God's will for you, Christian. And so we need to ask God to help us to do this. Because on our own, we're going to fail. On our own, we're not going to rejoice. On our own, we're going to be prayerless. On our own, all we're going to do is complain about what's not going right in our lives. So I want us to look at the Old Testament then. Why should we want to live this life that's characterized by these things? 
that Paul is telling us and commanding us to do in 1 Thessalonians. That's where I want to turn back. We heard it read, part of it, uh, a little bit earlier in Isaiah chapter 12. So if you turn back there, that's on page 733 of your pew Bible. I just want to read the entirety of it. We read a few verses there. Isaiah 12. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Judah was a rebellious people. They worshiped idols. They forgot about all that God had done for them throughout their history delivered out of slavery in Egypt, crossing a sea on dry land, taking the promised land where rivers dried up and walls fell and mighty peoples were defeated. He provided food and water for them in times of need, and the list goes on. They forgot. They forgot what God had done for them. And so Isaiah begins his prophecy in the book of Isaiah with calling his people who had been unfaithful saying, you have rejected me. And so you will be judged. That judgment, it won't be pleasant. In fact, it's going to be most difficult as you lose most everything because of your unfaithfulness. And yet God, in the midst of giving those judgments, these things that are going to come to pass, these awful situations that are going to deal, he left his people with hope. Hope that would be found in him, not in any other person, not in any of their achievements, but in the Lord alone. And so part of our, this attitude of giving thanks starts with thanking God, thanking God for who he is, for what he has done. He is the reason why we can give thanks in all circumstances. So what does Isaiah tell Israel and us today what, that we need to be thankful God for when it comes to who he is, when it comes to his character, when it comes to his works. We thank him because he turned his anger away. We all deserve wrath and punishment. I mean, think of Israel. They sinned big, the idolatry and murder and sexual immorality, abandoning the covenant promises they made, loving other countries and customs more than what God put forth to them. And the list goes on. And then as I think about us, did you sin today? Did you sin yesterday? Have you read and thought on God's word? Have you been talking to God in prayer? Have you been harsh with some of the loved ones in your life, a harsh word or an action towards a brother or sister, a child? a spouse, or somebody else maybe that you find annoying? 
Have you watched or thought about something that is impure? And of course, the list can go on of the sins we struggle with on a regular basis. So then the question is, are you still here? God is patient. God desires us to repent, and he loves to forgive and restore his people. He loves to do that because he loves us, his creation, made in his image, those of us who follow Jesus Christ, his son. And so we're told here, when we repent, God's anger will be turned away. No matter how big the sin is, that anger is turned away as we repent of our sin. And so we thank him. We thank him because he comforts us. God comforts and reassures us. He knows that we often know we messed up big. And it would be easy for us to think, God does not love me anymore. God does not want anything to do with me because I messed up. And yet we see over and over again, God forgives his people. God restores his people. We think of his people going into exile, losing everything, the city destroyed, the temple destroyed, and yet he brings them back. When you read in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, the walls of the city are rebuilt, the temple is rebuilt, and then the people are brought back. So God comforts us. He lets us know he does not hold our past sins against us. He forgives and he forgets when we ask him for forgiveness. And in that, he's letting us know we are his. And he is ours. And that's a comfort we need to hear over and over again. I've heard too many people say to somebody, I forgive you. I will never forget what you have done. That's hard for us. When we've been wronged, when we've been hurt, we bear those scars emotionally, those hurts and those pains. It's not something humanly that is very easy to forget. And yet when we look at the example of Christ, Christ bearing the scars on his hands, on his feet, on his side, thinking of the hurt and the pain that we inflicted on him and that our sin was put on him on that cross. And yet God does not remember. He does not hold our past forgiven sin against us, leaving us an example in our relationships. And so he comforts us with these truths. A third thing, we thank him because he is our salvation. He says that a couple times in this uh, chapter 12 of Isaiah. He saves us because we cannot save ourselves. There is no person that can save us because we're dead in our sins. God's people were dead without hope and in exile. They lost everything. They lost almost everyone. And yet God saved and delivered them. God saved and delivered us if we know Jesus. And take a picture of that dead thing. It's dead. It can't will itself to life. It can't make itself alive. It needs something outside of itself to give it life. Judah, God's people, all of us were those dead things. 
and we see what God did for us in giving us life, making those of us who were dead alive in Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is our salvation. There is no other way. And this is a truth we see consistently. We read it here in Isaiah. We read it in the New Testament. God is the only way to life, the only way of salvation. And so we thank him because he is our salvation. And the last thing, number four, we thank him because he's our strength. See, in all of this, we see our weakness. We see that we give in to sin. We rebel. Why? Why do we rebel when we have all these truths, when we see all these things that God has done for us? We rebel not because we are strong, independent, self-sufficient people. We actually rebel because we are weak, and all we can do is give in to sin and rebellion every time. We did it today. We'll do it tomorrow. And we'll do it the day after that. And so we need God to give us the ability to stand. We need him to give us the strength to not sin, to not give in to temptation. And he alone is the one that can do that. And so we thank him because he is our strength. That is who God was for his people Israel. That is who God is for us today. So what are we to do with that? Well, Isaiah tells us. He says, give thanks to God. Are you? Then he says, call on God's name. Are you? Then he says, make known what he has done to the people that are around you. Are you? Sing praises to the Lord for all he has done. Are you? Lastly, shout and sing for joy. Are you? Why? Why should we do those things? Because God is so great. He turned his anger away from us in the midst of our rebellion. He comforts us when we're hurting and ashamed and feel like God can never love us again. He saves us from our sin when we could not save ourselves. And he strengthens us every day because without him, we could not go a day without sinning. And so some of you want to ask those questions. Are you making known? Are you singing praises? Are you rejoicing? Some of us, were honest, would say, no. I don't tell people around me what he has done for me. I don't rejoice in what, who he is. I don't sing praises for all he has done. We take for granted what God has done for us so many times. We fill our lives up with so much stuff that we are hard-pressed to find a moment to stop and say, thank you, Lord. Let alone to find that time to just spend with him and his word and prayer. Too often we don't want to rock the boat in our cancel culture. Many of us can't remember a time when we talked about our faith because we're afraid of what people are going to say. Sometimes we're afraid what Christians are going to say, and so we keep quiet. Or sometimes when it comes to our singing, sometimes it's more about thinking of the style of the song than just wanting to thank him with whatever words we're singing at the time. 
we are to rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Why? This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. His will for us. It's what he wants us to do. It's what he has commanded us to do. And so in closing, I want to share a quote from Tim Keller. Tim Keller said, It is one thing to be grateful. It's another to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel. Thanksgiving is what you do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for its truths. Thank you for how you want to teach us what it means to live a life that's characterized by prayer, by rejoicing, by thanksgiving. It's not something we can do on our own, Lord, because of our fallenness, our brokenness, our sinfulness. So, Lord, give us the strength to serve you, to worship you, and to do it from our hearts. Help us to believe in what Jesus did for us on the cross. Thank you for that sacrifice, for the depth of that love that you have showed us. And so we praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward, and uh, we're going to, to give of our offering um, the ways in which the Lord has blessed us. And so as we listen to some music, we'll pass the offering plate.
So let's take a moment now and stand, and we're going to sing hymn 716, Sing to the Lord of the Harvest. And as we sing those words, let's think about what we heard from God's word as we think about what God has done for us. So hymn 716. Each year we do this, we have this opportunity to give thanks for what God has done, um, just to give testimony. And just want to encourage you to, to share what God has done. To, it's a way in which God may want to use you to encourage maybe somebody that's sitting here tonight and maybe something they're struggling at by hearing your testimony. And so I want to keep them you know, brief and to the point to give more opportunity to, for other people to share also. And I believe we have... John back there with a mic, so just raise your hand because there are people that do need to hear the mic um, and amplification, so uh, as loud as we may be. So, so this is an opportunity for you all to kind of share what God's doing. And so, you know, I'm okay with awkward moments and just kind of looking at you as a few of you will pop your hands up and then we'll just do this for a few minutes and then we'll head into the, the Lord's Supper. So who wants to, to share? 
what God is doing and give testimony. Give thanks. Thanks, John. Uh, so, yeah, this has been a year that I would characterize with thankfulness, I would say, because uh, this year the Lord has been particularly good in answering a lot of prayers as I was going into my last year of college trying to figure out life direction and all that. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it fairly broadly, but I've talked to many of you on the matter before, so, you know, I don't feel a need to elaborate too much, but yeah, just, I've, I've gotten a lot of answers to prayers, even in the last few months alone, and I, a lot of people, I'm, my family, several people in this congregation have personally been used by God as a part of that, so I'm just thankful for all of those people and for all of the answers that God has given. John's right in the middle, so he's accessible for all of you. Just raise your hand to him. Gerard said, don't be shy. I'm just really grateful that God has honored us and given us the privilege to be part of this family of God here at Trinity. Um, people who, who are faithful to God, um, who seek the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and who love on, on us and as we try to love on them. And so um, it's just a blessing beyond thankfulness. I, I'm just so grateful and thankful <laughs> as yeah. well. So yeah. that is a, a huge blessing in our lives. There's no age limit here. Young people in the back, any children sitting here, you guys can give thanks too. I want to thank the Lord for sparing a grandson during a difficult delivery and for safely seeing our son and his family into the mission field. Right, you're about to hear a voice from the narthex. If you don't see him, it's... Gerard. Yeah, I'm thankful to be alive. Amen. Amen. thankful for many things, but in particular, I'm thankful for three Chinese ESL students who like to read the weekly scripture verse in unison together in Chinese. And it's also been wonderful to hear uh, one of them talk about her faith and what it means that the Lord is her shepherd.
We have many people who walk through these doors each week who don't know Christ as their Savior, and I'm grateful for the many people from Trinity who have come forward to share their lives and their faith with those to try to show them uh, the reason for our hope. I feel like the people in the youth group, you know? You think you have all these things you can say, and we do, but we aren't saying them. But I am going to say I am thankful for the youth in this church. They have blessed me over and over. When I'm in the nursery, I just sit because they take over and they play with the children. And the parents, you're doing a great job when you're with your children. And I praise God for the faith that I see that they have. As Mike started off with his clicker, it just reminded me that um, to be thankful that God is sovereign and he's already won the victory and we just need to keep that in mind. No matter what's going on around us, God is the victor. Sorry, Joy, it's a little section up here. I would just like to give God thanks for his creation. Sometimes it is uh, just so easy for us as we're driving around the beautiful state of Pennsylvania or uh, at home looking out the window, staring at nothing, um, to forget that it is such a beautiful thing to see what God has done all the intricacy in his creation and how that shows us uh, so much about who God is and uh, how he created uh, the universe. Thank you. Um, I'm just really thankful for all the babies that have been born in our church in the last few years, including the one behind me. Um, I was literally the only one having babies here for like five years, and <laughs> it's true, and now there are babies everywhere, and it just makes me so happy. I'm just really grateful for our church family, um, and for while we were in the hospital, everyone who prayed for us, and let us know they were praying for us, and gave words of encouragement, and visits and meals, so we were just so loved by our church family during that time. I continue to be thankful for a God who's patient, long-suffering, and whose love endures forever. That's an encouragement, as Mike was preaching, when we can get down to know that God still loves us. His love is never less or more. It's as much as it always will be. Get her a mic, come on. I am never at a loss for words, so <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at John, and I think, you know, I am really thankful how much 
We have been blessed having him, his family, from Mike. For, and, and you were right this morning. We are blessed to have you, John. And we thank you for the way that you've been faithful in teaching us and plunged right in there. I've been really um, taught and fed this year. Anybody else? Give this to Mike. Uh-oh. <laughs> I need a little help with this. That's shortened verses from the NIV. I'm sorry, it's not DSP, but it's darn similar. If you just read those two to start with. And I have some questions. Genesis 18:25. Abraham speaking to God about Sodom and Gomorrah. Will not the judge of all the earth do right. Daniel 4.37, now I, state your name, I guess Mike, <laughs> uh, now I and Nebuchadnezzar praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right. So the judge of all the earth will always do right? According to those verses, the judge of all the earth will always do right. So I was, in an accident almost 32 years ago. Some of you can remember what you were doing 32 years ago. You guys can't. <laughs> but um, the, um, it was obviously right at the time for me to be in my accident. It's right for me to be struggling to move and if I'm not stupid I would trust God and therefore I give thanks for my situation because I know it was right I'm not exactly sure why but I trust God last call anybody want to give praise, give thanks. Well, just with that in mind, thinking of full hearts that are glad and thankful for what God has done for us, you know, we are given an opportunity and here at Trinity twice a month, once in the morning, once in the evening, we have the opportunity to do what God has commanded and called us to do as a church in observing the sacraments and observing the Lord's Supper. And so Jesus set apart this opportunity for us to partake of the supper together and said to do this until he comes back. And so, so we come to this table tonight knowing we're sinners. None of us are coming perfectly, having it all together. And so this is a table we get to come as repentant sinners, knowing God has shown us grace. God has shown us mercy. And so we have an opportunity to be fed spiritually because of what Christ did for us on the cross. So let me read to you from 1 Corinthians 11. If I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he's betrayed took bread. We've given thanks, he broke it. 
said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So as we come here, we come repenting of our sins. We come acknowledging what Christ has done for us. His body broken, his blood shed for our sins. If you're sitting here tonight and you don't have a relationship with Christ, you're not acknowledging him as your savior. You're still living in your own sin. Or if you're sitting here tonight willfully disobedient and unwilling to repent of a sin in your life, we ask you to let these elements pass. Let the cup, let the bread pass by and, and go and, and talk to the Lord. Ask for forgiveness. Ask questions of those who are sitting around you later because we don't want you to eat and drink judgment upon yourself. But the rest of us, we're called to come and to partake, to come and eat and drink. See that the Lord is good. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for the opportunity to come and to observe the supper. Lord, we know these are ordinary elements of bread and juice. But Lord, we pray that you would take them, that you would set them apart to nourish us spiritually, that we can grow in our faith uh, tonight. And so we thank you for all that you're doing, all the ways you're teaching us this evening. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Jesus, on the night when he's betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Our tradition here is as the elements are passed, we'll hold them and at the end, we'll eat together, showing our unity in Christ.
body of Christ broken for you. Same way after supper, he took the cup, saying this cup is a new covenant which is in my blood, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from it, all of you. Christ's blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Let us pray. Holy Father, we praise you for this opportunity just not to have a, a somber remembrance, that we do remember that your body was broken, your blood was shed for our sins. But Lord, we proclaim gladly with thankful hearts that you loved us that much that Christ died for us on the cross. We praise you for this opportunity to be fed spiritually, to grow in our faith. Praise you for the opportunities to continue to tell the people you put in our lives what you have done for us. Let us do it joyfully, thankfully, with much excitement. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
As we think about all we've observed and heard in the service, let us stand and respond with hymn 714. Let's go from this place rejoicing always, praying continually, giving thanks in all circumstances. And so let us raise our heads and our hearts, our hands if we want to, as we hear the benediction. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen. Amen.